Welcome to Sub, the Scope Unmuzzled podcast, episode four. This time around with a transgender from America, who I met way before I met anyone on VRChat. We'll be discussing some interesting topics. So first, we'll start, of course, with the introduction, with a lot of tangents, uh, because we kind of went all over the place. We will just be discussing car culture, mental illnesses, VTubing and streaming in general, uh, VR chat and how it affects people, and also virtual relationships. So if you like any of these topics or would like to learn more about them, please stick around. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have another guest on our table, and this is a special guest. Well, I guess every guest is special. That's why I have them on the podcast. So this one is someone I think I didn't even meet in VR chat at first, uh, but I'll talk about that uh, during the conversation. But first, guest, please introduce yourself. Hey, hey. Uh, my name is Kanan Fox. I also go by uh, Mia. Uh, I am currently a uh, retired ENV tuber, and uh, yeah. I'm hoping to get back to it soon. I just got to get some like personal things kind of sorted out before I jump back into that. So, hey, hi. You might want to preference to the audience what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, 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 <laughs> right. Cause not everybody's, not everybody's like terminally online. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I, I, I live streamed as what's called a VTuber. So that, that term originates more from like the the Japanese YouTube side. Uh, it was just short for like virtual YouTuber, and because that's where that whole like demographic like comes from. But then it came over, you know, to the English speaking internet, and then like more people joined in. So I essentially just like live stream with a really cute model instead of like my actual face, because yeah, <laughs> I don't like put my face out there. I don't like put my face out there. I never have. Like I don't even. Like, not even in, like, my professional workspace do I actually have, like, my Outlook picture set to, like, me. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking do that. Oh, neither do I, actually. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I just have the company logo on my company account, and then on my personal account, I just have my personal logo that don't have my picture anywhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't have a logo. Oh, I do have a logo, actually. I commissioned, um, I commissioned one for my streams, but, like, I don't, I don't put it up on, like, all of that. What about your LinkedIn? God, can I go off about this for a minute, actually? Sure, yeah, go ahead. I don't have one. Oh, okay. Okay, That's so I, I my, for my professional work, I work in IT. I do um, a lot of just general, like, service desk and application support stuff for the company that I work for. And what a lot of people don't realize, because, like, I, IT guys are kind of pompous. I'm sorry. I'm throwing shade, but, like, some of y'all would just be like, yeah, I have admin access and keys to the castle to this, that, and this and that, whatever. Like, all on your public social media. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> just don't. What? IT guys who post, like, they're, like, oh, I am, I am the, you know, high level, whatever, this, that, whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck they do. They post about that on their LinkedIn uh, or, like, social media or whatever. Uh, hi. Oh, they expose themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's a little thing called OSINT in IT security. I just, I actually never just IT security, just like security stuff in general, which is uh, open source intelligence. 
And uh, yeah, that's just like whatever people can like scrape together on you know what whatever their target may be yeah you're you're paying a target on your back so i i don't have a linkedin i refuse to have one actually mm, that's interesting actually yeah well <laughs> let's not discuss what kind of permissions i have uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in it honestly you don't really need a linkedin because the fact that you can easily just get a job like i could just remove oh, my yeah. linkedin and be totally fine the only reason i have it is just as a a portfolio, online portfolio. If someone asks me, like, oh, can you, like, give me your CV? It's like, oh, no, it's just a LinkedIn, though. My, my resume makes its rounds through, like, all the recruiters and headhunters every, like, three months, like, clockwork anyways, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but in general, I would recommend the LinkedIn, but, yeah, don't put a bunch of sensitive information on it. Just put your bare minimum for a CV that makes it looks, look all right. It's like a small description or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I also don't even have a photo of myself on my LinkedIn. It's like, I don't care. It's like, I'm not a model. I'm not going to put my fo- face on there. One, because it's going to dox me. And second, I don't really see the need. Like, I work in IT. It's like, it doesn't matter what I look like. I'd rather have people be surprised. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what their initial picture would be if they look at my profile, but who knows? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh... Yeah, can you go a bit more about your... Talk a bit about yourself? So... Uh, what's your age? Where are you from? Okay, okay. Um, so I am 25 right now. Uh, I'm originally from the Midwestern United States. Uh, so if anyone's familiar with uh, Cook County, Chicago area in Illinois, uh, I grew up in Schaumburg and then just kind of moved all over the U.S. Uh, Marine Corps family, kind of just you know how it how it goes. Yeah, I've kind of just been everywhere and done a lot. I've I've had a very uh, <laughs> been a very interesting life so far. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to I don't know how else to put it like if we're if we're just trying to like condense like over what two and a half decades worth. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not gonna put a whole life story in this one. It's just a small introduction, so just people know. Yeah, well, for sure, for sure. Um well one fun thing about you as a guest compared to the other previous guests I've had, I don't think we've met via VR chat. I think No Wait, wait, wait. before okay. I, before I start saying anything. Can you explain to me how we met? Uh, do, <laughs> if you remember, of course. I do remember, and it was it was it was the cringe years of my life that I cannot forget. How <laughs> how could I not? <laughs> oh boy. Now, so I I've always been like I like I said I work in IT now. Uh, I've always been kind of like a turbo nerd and always just like got into maybe like online subcultures that like. Maybe I shouldn't have been as a minor, but whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. I should don't don't fucking do that shit. Anyways, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So I what the fuck? It was like the the slash W phone threads. I think was uh, that's how. that was how I that was how I found your your stuff because I was like. Wait, that's how you found my stuff? Or that's how I mean, you like, found me? That's how I found you. You through your okay. work, yes. Sorry, I, I didn't elaborate that clearly. Um, yeah. yeah, what's this W you're talking about? <laughs> uh, do I, do, yeah, yeah, I just um, throw it out there. It's fine, it's fine. The anime wallpapers image board on 4chan. That site is a dumpster fire. Don't ever go there if you haven't been on there. It's not great. There's, But if you are going to do it, uh, slash W, pretty cozy. Compared to the rest of 4chan, oh, yes, God, very, yeah. very much so. That's very, very tame in comparison. I can't even go on slash G anymore. 
because I used to also lurk there a lot too, and then like posting like the desktop there. It's like I I can't even fucking do that anymore because it's just like oh god. Yeah, and G the board G is for technology. Just to preface. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Wait. So you you saw my post on W because what I used to do, well, what people used to do back in the day, I think they still do, is they customize their home screen on their phones. So especially in the early days of like Android and not really iOS because iOS is not really customizable, but Android specifically has like a lot of widgets you could put on your screen. You can change the wallpaper. You can change the icons uh, later on. And people like to customize their phone to their own liking. So they sometimes make their own widgets or they make their own wallpapers and throw a bunch of stuff together and then post it online to have people rate or look at their setup and then maybe get some inspiration out of it mm-hmm. and that's basically what i did as well that's i think that started oh my god that's in like 2012 to 2013 i think that's when i started i was i was like 15 16 so yeah 2012 2013 somewhere around about there yeah that's that's when i started posting stuff on uh on w and that actually caught on very well at least the things that i made yeah, your setups were always really good. Yeah, to the point where people started copying my stuff. And people started <laughs> calling it like scope clones. And I got like people on standby in the thread. They'd be like oh looking at God. everyone's setup. And then it's like, hey, you're just like copying this other dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a clone wars that going on there. Because if a lot of people don't have creativity, they'll just, you know, copy whatever they think looks nice. Which, you know, copying or stealing, whatever you want to call it. It's like the ultimate form of flattery. So I didn't really care. I always shared my uh, my setups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually it's just... It, all of my magic, or most of my magic, was just in the wallpapers because I made them all myself in Photoshop. That's also how I got a lot of my Photoshop skills, a lot of my Illustrator skills. Also from W, from the vector treads. I uh, participated in some of those. Not as commissions. So um, just to clarify, like a vector image... It's just an image you define a bunch of points in a virtual space. And then those points are calculated mathematically to the point where you can scale up this image you made using those points indefinitely. So it's an infinite resolution image, basically. And some people like to trace another image that someone drew and make it into a vector, meaning that you can then make it infinitely big. So there are some people even that used one of my vectors to print out at like a printing company and then put it as like a sticker, like a big sticker, like a wrap almost on their car. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was someone that reached Wait. out to me on DeviantArt. He was like, yo, bro, look at this. I was like, oh, that is not oh. really my taste, um, but pretty cool nonetheless, I guess. I, I love Itasha stuff. That's that's the term for that, by the way, as uh, yes. Itasha. Play on words. Uh, the way it's written literally means painful car in Japanese. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you have to give a certain taste for that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just part of the it's just part of the car like car culture now, and that's another thing that like I'm like really into. Not a lot of people. Well, no, a lot of people do know that, but like I'm not as open about that online. Just because it can kind of tie back to some stock, some stuff that could dox me. So it's just like, yeah, I try to keep that separate. But uh, yeah, there's th- like total side tangent. There is a thriving Itasha scene here in Phoenix. 
Phoenix, Arizona. I, that's where I currently live. Trying to move out within the next year or so. Whole long story. But um, yeah, there is there's there's two crews. There's like one called Street Sunpies, which does a lot of them, and I forget what the second one was. But yeah, there like there's entire like crews and like clubs formed around like Itasha cars culture here. It's 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 the coolest thing. I love it. Well, that's a lot of car culture. So personally, I'm also in a um, car group. It's like a Lexus group here in the Netherlands. And oh. they, they they make sometimes some videos on like some of their events. They go to, for example, Go Japan. I went to Go Japan this year with that oh, no group as well. Yeah. Well, here in the Netherlands. There, it's like in a bunch of different countries. We went to the one in the Netherlands. You got people from Germany, from Belgium, etc. But speaking of car scene, so the the um, we talked about Itasha and another. Some people call it mm-hmm. uh, rice, and rice actually refers also to what we did with our phones. So to tie it all back down to uh, the the oh, trends yeah. we make, how we met. Uh, rice is like customization you do to your car that is like non-functional or like non-performance, I guess. So if you put a bunch of stickers on your car, people consider that rice because. It's customization, but it doesn't do anything to the car itself. Or like adding, I don't know, a bunch of like, tinting windows or some body kits. They Having some, a hentai they, stickers on every window of your car. I saw that yes. once, by the way. <laughs> it's on a cord. But basically people call that culture, so a rising culture. And then rising came from making useless modifications to your car to making useless modifications to your phone or your desktop basically that's how that culture kind of or that term is also used in the customization I'm, culture in windows and in uh, for mm-hmm. uh, phones it's a uh, it's pretty common i'm pretty sure it kind of came over to the techie scene originally from like uh like the desktop like the desktop thread kind yeah. of stuff yes. or like like people who would do like these ultra minimal like tiling window managers on like you know linux and unix stuff uh, the the Iron Arch BTW i3 gaps setups. Yeah, basically a bunch of um, computer nerds customizing their the way their home screen or their desktop looks or tile their windows. So basically put them in a specific section very nicely, very neatly um, spaced. But yeah, that's how basically it started arising, at least on the so on the desktop scene. And then it came over to the phone screen because well, phones became more popular. Um, especially like in, yeah, I think in like 2012, 2013, I think that's a nice period. So the iPhone, mm-hmm. first iPhone came out in 2007. So that had to mature a bit, same with Android. And then eventually people got some more ideas on how to customize their screens. And basically I started making community there on the W board on 4chan. So the animation slash wallpaper board, making phone uh, setups, basically. So customization setups. And then I just would post pictures of my home screen. And... That was, well, that went actually very well. I met a bunch of people through there that I still talk to today that I have made a community for because I met a couple of people there. We started a, was it like a chat room, like an online chat room? That's how it started. There was like a link in the original post, in the top post in the thread, and people would sometimes go there and then you would talk. But then after you were done talking or, you know, you need to go run an errand, you go hop off your PC, then, you know, you're gone and there's no one in the chat room. So what I decided to do is instead of an online chat room like that, where you have to go to a website, I was like, well, there's this technology called IRC, which is what people used on the Gboard on technology, which I was also part of, posting a desktop threads. 
So I was like, fuck it, I'll make an IRC for this specific thing, for W. And then basically a bunch of people started joining through that. I think eventually the hype was at like 2014, I would say, 2015 maybe, where we got like 50, 60 people in that uh, IRC. And also the threads like popping off, like a lot of people joining in, like multiple threads every day. It was a, a pretty great time. time. But eventually... Uh, so what I did with the posts on uh, W, my rice, my setups, I would also post that on something called DeviantArt. And I think you even got my Discord eventually through my DeviantArt. Yes, actually. Yeah, because you posted, I uh, I don't remember if it was a DM or if it was a comment or something. I think it was on my profile or something, or like a DM, yeah. I got your, I got your Discord to that from somewhere and that was kind of how like we reconnected um because i mm-hmm. kind of dipped off and just been like dealing with life stuff for like a few years up to that point so this was what 20 2020 2019 somewhere somewhere around about then yeah something like that yeah yeah i i noticed you reached out to me and like yeah i'm a or like a, you're a fan or something of my work and you wanted to to meet me on discord and then i was like yeah this is my uh is my tag. And then you joined. I joined your server like three times because you had it set up to where it would kick me like whenever my oh. Discord client <laughs> restarted. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I joined that. And then that was that was that plus VR chat because I got my I got my Rift S back in 20. It was ended. So it's ended. End of 2019 was when I placed the order for it, but like obviously, like fucking Christmas, out of stock, everywhere, oh, whatever. Yeah. Yep. I I didn't get mine until like February. Oh, so so you actually started VRChat then around the same time that I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, yes and no. Surprisingly, so like I was on just desktop mode only for like a long time, like like so from the beginning basically like i i watched vr chat like mature into what it is now and yes i i know a day way <laughs> <laughs> well that was a bit before um, that yeah but yes yeah, so i didn't i didn't really actually get into into vr until like beginning of 2020 yeah but it's, it's the same thing so i started the end of 2019 because i got my samsung odyssey plus i got on like a black friday deal and then I started playing VRChat as well. Uh, oh, I yeah, you had that. I, I don't think we told each other that we were playing the game, but eventually we saw like, hey, you're playing this game. I'm playing this yeah. game. Maybe we should meet up in the game. And then well, we kind of did. I think, I think no, I think I, what I had, a, I think what happened was like, I added you on Steam, actually, and I saw you playing through there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just join. Mm-hmm. Say hi. Yeah, and then we met each other in VRChat as well, which is kind of crazy how we started on like an anonymous board on 4chan then on DeviantArt, then on IRC, Discord. Were you in the IRC? I was no, I was never on the IRC. I, I like I said, I I dipped for like good a good few years just dealing with like life stuff. So uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of just how I operate as of late, unfortunately. <laughs> I f- I feel yeah, I feel you on that. No, so it's. So from 4chan to DeviantArt to Discord to VRChat. And then to here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a long-ass journey. That's like uh, almost 10 years. Yeah. God, 
Damn, dude, that's so that feels Fuck, so fucking long. I know. Yeah, 2012, 2013. That's when we started the this the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, to go back to some of the topics, because we went way on a fucking tangent on like phones and, and car culture and, and stuff like that, is your origin of your name. So your name, Kanan. <laughs> can you recall where you got that name do, from? Do I do I have do I have to go off on this story? You can you can do a very short version of it. We're gonna go into like the whole can of worms here if we do. Just give give us the the too long didn't read version, TLDR. Uh, so for those of you who maybe couldn't tell from my voice, uh, I am transgender. Uh, and one of the the many many milestones on the way to coming to that realization and coming to accept that was kidding the absolute fuck out of a skinny blonde-haired gunslinging lesbian from an anime of the same name and uh yeah very gay for a girl named maria which is really sweet uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's it's a whole thing they they, they thwart a plot to like release this virus around the world or whatever it's been like seven years since i've actually watched this so i'm probably misremembering a lot of it but um, hey, no spoilers <laughs> someone might still need to watch that I, it's, it's, it's 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 good. It's a, it's, it's, a decent it's show, niche. Yeah. It's niche. It's good. But like something about that, I again. So within like queer culture specifically, uh, there, there's a term called egg. Uh, I kind of mentioned this pre pre podcast, like uh, mm-hmm. before we started recording. But uh, yeah, that that awakened my my egg years. Let's put it before I like came to, like oh hey. I'm I'm maybe not, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this whole like being a guy thing. That that was like the start of that. I don't know. I I canned the absolute fuck out of that girl and had her as like my my name and like profile icon and like everything for years. And I, I, the name just stuck. The name just stuck. I used to I used to kind of change like my handles on things every like two years, two to three years before then. Um, but that one just stuck and it's just like, yeah. This is all right. So was it ever since you watched that anime or was it like sometime Pre- afterwards? It, uh, it was a bit after that I started using it as a username, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I absolutely just loved the character and just like, cause um, there is one like besides just like, besides just gay, right? There is one little weird little detail that I thought was like kind of cool. Um, cause part of the part of like the plot line of that revolves around like this girl has uh something called synesthesia it is a neurological condition where like your senses or maybe like certain aspects of different senses intermingle in ways that they really shouldn't or quote-unquote shouldn't right so like i have um in my case i have something called chromesthesia so like music sound but like mostly music has like colors to it right um, and part of the, part of the plot line of the, the canon anime was that like, she was like some kind of synesthetic too, and had been, cause something that she had been exposed to, like made that even more intense and whatever is, it was cool. I don't know. I love that. 
Wait, was it a genetic thing or was it like a trauma thing? A synesthesia is just, you're just kind of born with it. Uh, as far as I understand, I mean, I'm not a neurologist. I don't know, but like she was exposed to like some kind of like chemical or biological agent survived it. And then it just made it like even like basically as useful as like a weapon. And I don't know. It was, it was, it was a whole thing. I just, I just thought it was cool. And I think that's probably why I like latched on as hard as I did. I don't know. We all, we all find, um, weird bits of like, um, we all, we kind of like latch on to like characteristics that like we see in ourselves and like others in media. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, if you name like your favorite character or anything, there's probably like, you probably have like some kind of common ground with them. Well, yeah, right? of course. And I don't, for example, don't the, the character I use in, in VR chat at the moment is, is Ganyu. Well, it's been for like a long <laughs> fucking time. And the reason why is because, well, I like the character a lot because of the work ethic and she's very sweet and she looks very pretty. And, but yeah, basically also her personality, which I can relate with, like a workaholic kind of thing. Because of that, I really like the character. So that's why I use it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend of mine who um, also absolutely adores Ganyu, but uh, so much so that her hair is now blue. <laughs> it's, it's not blue or... It's no, it, her, hers, hers is now. Yeah, um, I think she was trying to do like a cosplay oh. thing. So. Oh, you mean her? Oh, you mean your friend's hair in real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Ganyu. So I was like, yeah, her hair is. No, blue. yeah, Ganyu's is like like this gorgeous blue. And uh, a friend of mine, I don't know if I should name drop her. I I don't think I will. I'm sorry, but um, I have a friend of mine who like yeah basically did like the same, almost the same shade. It's a bit more like cyan, a bit louder. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to get it's hard to get that yeah, kind of hair color. A, I, I, I could see that, yeah. Well, it's not a natural hair color. It's going to be very difficult. No. Yeah. This is kind of a side side tangent. Actually, uh well, we don't have yeah. to go into it. <laughs> it's fine. No, cuz I'm about to say cuz I also have like very uh very loud hair color too. Is it red? Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, I I actually did it. It's uh I use um Arctic Fox poison. If anyone is curious, um, so it's this like very vibrant cherry red. It's a fucking nightmare to maintain. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm looking at their website now just to see like what would be close. There really isn't anything like close to Donnie's hair color. Well, they're periwinkle maybe, but that's like a little too purple, a little too purple. Just, just a bit. Well, isn't the problem with dyeing your hair like an, an unnatural or well, any color really It's just that it, well, specifically with loud colors like that, it's vibrant ones. You're going to have a fade of color over oh, yeah. time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I have to redo mine like every three months. And I'm, that's not including like root touch-ups or anything. That's just like redoing everything. And I assume that is that something you can do yourself or you have someone do it for you, like a barber? I do it myself just because I'm cheap. There's a there's a couple of like major cosmetics retailers like within walking distance of my apartment, which is surprising knowing Phoenix. Um, but like I can just go there, just get what I need, and just yeah, do it myself in my bathroom. Uh, red hair dye. I'm gonna go off on this for like this is gonna be the end of this. Uh, <laughs> red hair dye. By the way, if anyone wants to do it on their own, uh, I hope your bathroom isn't white. Or if it is, you have some <laughs> oh, kind of like bleach spray. 
Dude! Do not invite the FBI right after you've dyed your hair red. No, yeah, the first time I did it, I scuffed it so fucking bad. <laughs> and I swear to God, both my shower and my sink looked like a fucking murder scene. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, Man. my God. But this is when you're living alone, I hope. Uh, I have I have a roommate, but oh, roommate, okay. my roommate has their own bathroom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. there is no overlap. I'm not pissing off anybody. I'm just making more work for myself for like the next yeah, day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fair. No, it's not like your mom's going to walk in. It's like, did you murder someone oh, in the bathroom? God. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just, just my color. It's fine. God, my mom would fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> then that would be actual blood. You know, it's, it's a match for your hair color. God. <laughs> Man, they can already see that. Oh, There's yeah. an actual murder scene, and then the police comes. It's like, yeah, what happened here? Oh, yeah, no, my, my son dyed his hair. It's fine. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. Where's your son now? It's like, ah, uh, don't worry about it. He's, son? He's a... What son? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never had a son. You got what you wanted all along. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's the <laughs> that's the hair dyeing story. That's That's your story of your username but besides that oh this is gonna go way fucking over um besides that do you have anything specifically that you're known for so besides dyeing your hair red having a you know your name from a specific character is there like a special trait or if some if i would ask one of your friends one of your best friends like can you describe this person well what would they answer uh, i mean a lot of it comes down to like my like VTuber persona, which mm -hmm. really is just me, but like maybe a bit like extra, you know, um, but also just like my just general person. So <sighs> basically, I'm looking for a little subtitle to put next to your name for the name of the podcast, because I do that with everyone. Everyone is known for something. All At floof, no brains. All floof, no brains. <laughs> that's, all floof, no brains. Okay. All floof, no brains. Um, I mean, not really. That's just that's kind of a that's kind of like a running joke from like my VTuber community amongst like my immediate like viewer community when I was VTubing, and also a lot of my friends as well. I okay. So where did it come from? I don't remember actually. <laughs> that's a shitty thing. I think it was I think it was a remark that like somebody made in my chat. That it was just like, oh, it was, it's, it's, you know, you're not dumb. It was just a floof brain moment. And that just stuck. <laughs> Wait, I, I forget who did it. Is floof a word? Hold on. It's, floof. it's just kind of a, a weird way of saying like fluff, but like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would oh, expect. God, I fucking typed on the shit out of that. <laughs> floof. Like that. Oh, is that you um, Yeah. The purest of the pure form of fluff, according to Urban Dictionary. Uh, yep. Cute things in relationships such as cuddles and kisses, not sexual. <laughs> that, that actually kind of fits too. <laughs> yeah, so just cute and adorable, I guess. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, so just cute, but no brains. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, are you really no brain, though? I, I doubt that. Some people have. You know, uh, they're well, a bit slower than others, but everyone has their merits. No, I'm just like, I'm just ditzy. I think that's like a better way to put it. 
Like I, I'm, I'm very much textbook ADHD and like scatterbrain. I'm not on medication for that. I should be. Uh, we're not. Yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole side thing. Yeah, but yeah I'm like, I'm textbook ADHD, and like, I'm very just like scatterbrained and like easily distracted and like forgetful. But like, I can also just I don't know, spontaneous too. I guess. That doesn't that help you though with certain things? Like if you have your VTuber career, uh, I would imagine that at least being scatterbrained yes, or being able to no, you know, talk maybe. about anything all the time, all over the place. Might be good. It's thing. it's it's easy to keep a conversation going. I will say, I think it's something that helped me out early on. Is is like I can just kind of go off about like anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as you probably fucking I have noticed. Here. Yeah, like, we've, the, we we have the, all like, noticed all the listeners. All the, have noticed. <laughs> yeah. all the little like side note, but kind of shit. Um, yep. like I just do that forever. Even when I was streaming to like like two, three people tops, like I could I could still keep that going, and I think. I think that's what helped me really a lot early on. Um, that and just like my ability to, I have this weird ability where I can just like make friends with anyone and anyone. Mm-hmm. I have that um, too. Well, it's just good personality, or you know, being able to listen or have a yeah. fun conversation with someone. If if you have those skills, and you're, I guess, if you're confident, then you'll be able to make a lot of friends very easily. <laughs> But more so just like like specifically like networking. So um Twitter was my best friend for this. Not not so much now, but not gonna go into that. Uh but Twitter was my best friend for that early on. Cause I found so many other like amazing content creators. Some of which are like still like some of my best friends, even like post, you know, my uh because I, I kinda went on a hiatus in October just because of like mental health stuff. TLDR, overworked, overstressed, dealing with too much shit. I, I ended up taking it out on a lot of people that I shouldn't have. It was it was a it was a hot mess and not in the fun way. But um yeah, like even post that, like I a lot of like my best friends now are, you know, still active in that scene and I I love them all to death. Yeah, it's I don't know. Are you are you now over that period of your life or are you still trying I, to are you still struggling mm, with it? So we'll put it this way. I'm I was told that I was going to be two months out from a therapist appointment two months ago. So, uh, so how are you feeling now? <laughs> you like to reschedule yeah, so another I've, appointment? I've, I've got some of like the medication stuff sorted out. Um, long story. I lost my my insurance for like several years. It was a whole fucking ordeal. So uh, I'm yes. Hi. Did I mention that I'm an American? <laughs> Oh, is it is it mandatory America? As if you want to be able to afford shit and not bury ah, yes. yourself in debt, yes. Um, so I I lost my insurance for several years just because of just my shitty employment situation before my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, contractor work sucks. Don't ever do that. <laughs> well, some people might uh, might disagree, but okay. At, le- at, at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. And I think it would depend more so on like the contractor agency mm-hmm. and like what your pay rate is. But I, I, I ended up, I was so desperate to just get the fuck out of my last job uh, and actually get into a field that I know a lot about and that like I, I'm good at rather than just some like manual labor shit. Because um, that's what I was doing before, by the way. My my previous experience with um. 
the contractor phase of my current job was I got paid a flat rate, but I got no benefits. And uh, particularly if you're working in America, you kind of need those. Unfortunately, that only lasts about like six, eight months. So I'm I'm off contract. I'm a full time hire now. So I get insurance benefits. But mm-hmm. the, the, the process of going from like the shitty manual labor jobs that I was doing before to like you know, having a desk job that pays decently well, maybe not quite where I'd want it to be, but like I can keep a roof over my head. It's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like getting insurance benefits and everything like that process just took far longer than it should have. So as it stands right now, like I'm still in queue for a therapist. I, I didn't even get an ETA. I didn't even get an ETA. So Wait, why the hell that's going to be queues for therapists? Oh my God. It's so bad here. Uh, yeah. I feel like it might not just be where you are. I feel like that might be the situation everywhere in the world. Possibly. I mean, concerned like mental health crisis and all that. Yeah, but just Phoenix in particular just seems to be so, like, oversaturated with the need for a lot of, like, healthcare and mental healthcare professionals, but is so underserved. It's it's one of the worst, and it, it hasn't, this like, this isn't a new thing. It's been like that since I was a teenager. It's only mm-hmm. mainly just gotten worse within, you know, post-COVID, obviously, like, Oh yeah, and all that. Yeah, no, all that just fucked everything to shit. <laughs> I can imagine. I've I've dealt with psychiatrists, not not directly, just through my family, so my family members, and that was already a mess way before. I oh, yeah. cannot imagine it now, because basically here, what what happens is if you have a mental illness and you are that far gone where you don't want to take any medicine, you don't want to cooperate. Basically, you're like full on, you know, mental. You you do not want to try and better yourself, but of course like you need bottom, to. Rock bottom. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. When you hit rock bottom, and you don't want to even help yourself, and you go to a mental in- institute or like an asylum, and then you ask like, and then someone brings you there, of course, because you're not going to go there on your own volition. Um, well, here in the Netherlands, they cannot force you anything, so they cannot forcefully inject you. Well, without some, but there are some exceptions, but usually, uh, they cannot forcefully give you medicine. They can just you know, prescribe them to you. And then it's like, okay, it's your, this time you should take this medicine. And if you just don't, or you start, you know, threatening some of the employees there, then you just get fired from the mental asylum. And then you're back on the street because they don't want to help you if you do not cooperate. The, for you, there's like 20 other people that need help that will want to help themselves. And if you are not one of them, then you can just go, basically. Yeah, which is that's 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 fucked. That's the whole situation. That's how at least it is here in the Netherlands. I would assume it's it's similar. similar. Yeah, yeah, because like I I don't know about like uh, I don't know about institutionalizations because I am thankful to have never needed to undergo one. Um, But pretty much like most of the pretty much all the care that I've ever received. Like it was it was it was voluntary. I, I, I sought it out like I wanted this. But yeah, we, we have a lot of issues like that here stateside too. I mean, fucking like you go anywhere to any any major city, and like you you know you have a talk with like you know people who are like part of the the homeless populations, and one of the things that you're gonna find pretty consistently throughout is a lot of just 
untreated, you know, debilitating mental health problems from all all over the spectrum, like um, you know, schizophrenia, drug addictions, uh, what else? Depression. Oh, massive depression, bipolar yeah. disorder yeah, is another right. one. Um, yeah, it's it's that tends to be a common string among like just a lot of people who are unfortunately in that situation. Mm-hmm. But there, there you bring up like the ethical dilemma of like if these people really don't want help, like you know, what do you do? Yeah, right? do you forcefully try and get them on the right track, like forcefully inject medicine or something, up to a point well, where yeah, they because that can think that normally? can backfire. Yeah, oh, that yeah, can definitely. backfire hard. As that soon, can, like, yes, as soon as they're out of it, um, because I I have a. I don't normally like talking a lot about my family stuff, but this kind of applies here too. I have a cousin of mine who has been in and out of rehab for uh, an opioid addiction for like 10 years. And every fucking time, every fucking time without fail, it's the same shit. He'll get released, clean bill of health. You're good to go. Just stick with what we've taught you and you'll be good. And what the fuck does he do within six months? He's shooting up again. Just for yeah. like whatever reason, yeah. This has been a struggle for years. It, it, like at that point, it's just like like what like what do you do, right? What what are the options? Because I, I don't I don't I don't even fucking know honestly. I this is so far outside of the like the scope of ha, scope. Uh, uh, hey, it is me. <laughs> no, this is so far outside of the scope of like what I would normally like know anything about unfortunately <laughs> that's like i just i generally don't know if there is a better option well so you're saying that this has been going on for 10 years right so just on uh, and off basically for my cousin yeah it's it's yeah. been it's it's just been a revolving door thing for him like he's in one out the other in one out the other whatever um, well what what i would recommend in that situation because a lot of mental health issues will be popping up especially if you have a lack of responsibilities in your life so think of something like a like a job something you need to do mm-hmm. or you have for example you have rent to pay and if you don't pay rent you get kicked out well that's kind of a big responsibility to you know get the money in order to pay the rent how do you get the money well hopefully through legal means of course with a job it could also be illegal means if, if someone really goes off the track um, but having those responsibilities over your head will keep you in check or on track i would say for having a more normal or stable life because you have a rhythm of like okay mm-hmm. every every work day from the nine to five whatever i go to this job i do my work uh, i talk to some colleagues you know i have some interaction social interaction then i can relax when i'm at home and the weekend i can do fun stuff um, and just having a steady schedule will help a lot of things like depression um, from f- what i know and also speaking from personal experience if you try and yeah. if you have nothing to do or nothing to look forward to, no goals, then it's going to be very difficult to uh, stay on the right track. Because basically for me, if I would get vacation, let's say my boss says, okay, uh, Scope, you have been working for a really long time. You need to take vacation. You have three three months off. I would be like, okay, cool. I would have some you know, side projects, something to do by myself. I would try and keep myself busy or like go on a vacation but I need to have something to do. If I don't have anything to do, then I would just go insane. I know this from myself. I need to keep myself busy. Otherwise, I'm just going to get depressed and shit's going to go downhill. Uh, yeah, same, honestly. And, and a lot of that, well, 
because my situation is a little bit different. But like, I, I yeah, I, I need that same kind of like structuring too. This is Definitely. also why I fucking hate work from home. But my company won't put me in office, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to fight this fight for like six months. Uh wait, there are people that are fighting to get to work from home, and you're like, no, 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 no. let me go to the office, please. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It it, it does bother me at some point as well but i have to um, i can basically choose i can go to the office every day of the week or stay at home and work from home every day of the week the the reason that i was given was because even though i live in arizona i'm a 20 minute drive from our nearest office the people at that office know me they love me because mm-hmm. i like i go in i get shit done and we we get we get projects going and i get people set up and whatever I, th- th- it's great I love everybody in that office. That office loves me. Like, they, they know me, right? The problem is, and this was the reason that I was given for why they won't fucking put me there, is because I am not a state of Arizona division employee. I'm corporate, technically. What does that mean? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there's your problem. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, from what I understand... You are this buzzword. Well, it's because IT serves the entire entire country. Like, because we have to, right? Coast to coast, you know? Um, there's only, like, a handful. I think it's, like, 20 or 25 people on my team. And we, we do basically everything from, like, your tier one, like, password resetting to, um, like, major, major, like network outages and fucking like everything there's no there's no real structure we don't have a tiered structure we just kind of take whatever comes our way you know for better or worse because of the fact that we serve the entire country coast to coast we are not we we are not under the hr whatever like district division whatever the fuck for whatever state we live in we are company-wide corporate employees. And for some inexplicable fucking reason, that's enough to just say, nope, you don't get an office. Even though there are people here that are also corporate employees who do have offices. I don't know. I don't, I don't get you, sh- you should ask those people what they did. Being like division presidents and vice presidents. I don't, like they're, they're high, uh, high uh, up the chain. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's way up there. So, I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like at least to put some effort into trying to figure out how to get that sort of out. Yeah. I'm not your boss. I'm just, <laughs> just giving you some advice. No, I know. I know. Well, speaking of uh, responsibilities and having a goal in, in your life, do you have any personal goals? Uh, I do want to get back to VTubing. Mm-hmm. Do you have time for that? It's It's hard. So I'm going to say this now for anybody who wants to get into it. If you are going to also balance that, like if streaming on the side, plus like a full time, like 40 hour a week, you know, day job. Good luck. Do not consider your streaming a second job like ever, because that's how you stress yourself out. Oh, no. Um, just see it as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep it as a hobby until yes. until you're at the point. Because some people can do this, some people don't, whatever. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of different in this regard. But, like, if you reach the point where, like, yes, you can make this your primary source of income, then, okay, yeah, con- consider, it a, consider it your work then. Yeah, if you can tip the skills, which not a lot of people can do, because that's a very privileged Most people can't. It's, it's, it's competitive. 
Yeah, it really truly is competitive. Um, like incredibly oversaturated. Mm-hmm. I hate to say this because well, I love streaming in general, right? It's not but just like VTubing, especially. No, VTubing, especially. Over the course of like the last couple of years, like it has blown up in popularity. Mm-hmm. I was late to the party by like two years. And even some of the yeah. people that I've known that have been around for a while, um, Comdost is one of the one of the people that comes to mind. She's like a fucking OG OG. Friend of a friend, she is an OG VTuber in the English scene. Like even then, she's just like compared to like some of like the corporate like Hololive streamers, you know, these people that have like these major agencies. companies backing them and these mm-hmm. agencies. Yeah, like she she's not getting shit. It's a cutthroat. It's it's cutthroat. But what I will say though is that like everybody that I've met thus far though has been absolutely wonderful and they've all been amazing people. You will find a community of other VTubers who will be there to support you like no matter what and who will help you get yourself to whatever your next goal is. Well, isn't that also causing a problem for everyone though? If everyone's very nice to each other and the whole industry or the market is very cutthroat where, you know, you have to really fight to, you know, stick out there but the whole community is helping each other stay afloat or like share their ideas, then isn't it going to be harder to, you know, rise to the top? I, the question then, I think the question then is more of a matter of like, like what you're in it for. Cause I, I like, I know with my yeah. streaming, like I, I'm never going to be like a top tier. I honestly, I don't care to that there, there comes so much crap with that that you, I just don't, I just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather have like my own comfy little niche with like, my own friends, do my own thing. And it's like, that's, that's that. So like, I think more so at that point, it just kind of depends on what you're after. If your end goal is to really just like jump right to the top, just contract out with Hololive or whatever, whenever they do their auditions or I think, uh, no, or another agency. Hololive, Hololive, Nisanji, um, uh, what's that, what's that other one? Uh, v Shoujo. Although that one's that one's different. Yeah, <laughs> that one's different. That one's less agency, and that's more. That one's more like a like an MCN versus an agency, but same same but different. It's it's a corporate backing, right? MCM. M- MCN, uh, multi multi channel network. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I I don't know of any that are still active. I just remember like back in back in the day, right? Uh, Maker Studios was one of them. Uh, fucking Machinima. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> that one died. <sighs> Good riddance. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's some bad shit going for it. Good riddance. But yeah, it's like V Shoujo acts more like that versus like like a talent agency or like idol agency. Mm-hmm. It's it's really only like the Japanese uh, companies like Nissanji and Hololive that do like the the talent agency kind of shit. There may be more. I don't know. I don't I don't lurk much around well, the, the JP YouTuber culture, side, right? Like Japanese culture, talent agency, idols, you know those kind of things. I think they have a lot of experience with that kind of stuff. Yeah, th- definitely. And I I have my issues with that, um, but this isn't the place. But I mean, regardless, like people do, you know, if you really want to like if, if you're only in it to just be like one of the best of the best in terms of just like viewership and income metrics, just sell out, go corporate, call it a day. Yeah, go major <laughs> sellout, probably. Yeah, it's been a lot more like even with like the, the relatively small following that I managed to build over the past. Like, God, like I, I think I started streaming originally, like just 
around about like a year year ago, actually, almost today. Happy anniversary, bro. No. <laughs> My God. No, but um, yeah, it's um, like even in like the relatively like short time that I was streaming and with the relatively small audience that I built up, it, it was more worth it to me to like. I don't know, just be somebody that like people like liked watching and people liked coming back to time and time again. Even if it's only like a handful of lurkers, like there are times where like I because I don't I, this is another thing. I lurk lurkers. Oh, yeah. Lurkers. People who are okay. just like lurking. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Enunciation. Uh, <laughs> there are there's so many times where it's like, oh, if my chat's dead. I'm probably not pulling in any viewers. And then um, I go to I go to raid another friend of mine's channel that's streaming. Uh, because that's that's just like an etiquette thing that you do. If you're if you're a yeah. VTuber, when you're done, you send your viewers off to one of your friends or like somebody that you want to like uplift, right? Oh, any streamer really, not just VTubers. I, I, maybe it's a streamer thing in general. I don't yeah, know. I, I haven't I haven't dabbled too much in the um yeah just in, I haven't dabbled too much in like the regular streaming culture um like cam streaming and that kind of shit. It's mm. it's not for me. I know I know a few people who do like both intermittently but that's that's about it but yeah it's like there have been times before where like i have been caught off guard by like just the number of people who i was sending over to somebody's channel i'm just like oh my god you guys you got raided it just melt well, yeah it just melts my heart like i don't know i love it i think it's more so just about like for me at least just be yourself build something beautiful and have fun with it you know yeah, but I think that's the the right attitude to have to really build something up from the ground. Because oh, yeah. if the, if you are going to be a sellout from the start, then I f I feel like people will notice when you do that, and they're not gonna gonna like that personality, or they're just gonna you know see right through it. Some people are some people are good at faking it. There um, there are some people that do that. I I forget the name offhand. There was somebody on somebody on Twitter like about it like six eight months ago who was getting exposed for essentially just basically just fucking using everybody around them for like whatever. And it's like, yeah, I'm not surprised somebody of like that type would get into this kind of thing. Um, so like that, that there are people who do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they, sometimes they, you know, they go unnoticed for like months to years to however, however long, um, uh, yeah, typically, typically you're 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 gonna you fuck around, you're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I, I think that your approach that you said basically, if you have a full time job and you want to go streaming, just do it as like a hobby. Do something you do for fun, and then see, and then basically go from there. If you try, if you manage to build up a large following to the point where you could, you know, maybe start working part time or even like fully lose your job to go full on streaming um then yeah you could try that i would say like in general when i when i saw the streaming thing become like like big i noticed like well this is a thing for like one to two percent maybe of people of like the top those are gonna have enough money to actually you know offset a full-time job be able to do that full-time and actually rake in the viewership and the sponsors for that for a lot of the other people Probably best to, you know, just stay in school, get your degree, you know, get a normal job, and then you could start as a as a hobby. You like doing it. And then like, learn a go trade. Learning a trade. That's basically the route that I want. Because I, I didn't actually yeah. do, I didn't actually do a degree for my shit. I just yeah, or have, a trade, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I just have CompTIA certifications. Well, if it's enough to get you a full-time job, yeah, you earn enough sure, money to, sure. to keep a roof above your head, and you should be good. But yeah, I don't I don't see it as like a long-term um, career path, and that that's the thing that worries me. That I do see some people that really try to go hard at it. They burn themselves out. Like, well, maybe, maybe related to what what you've had, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, they they really like it a lot. They really trying to give them the all to please everyone in the in the community, and then yeah, then things go south. So yeah, keep it as a hobby. That's the same thing I, I do with with all my work, all the work that I've done so far. Like even the the things back in the day with that I made on my DeviantArt, none of it, and even still today, a lot of the personal projects I have, none of it I do for money because I have a stable job. I don't care about money. This podcast. I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for fame. I'm doing this just for my friends. I like doing this, uh, organizing these kind of uh, little things, getting people together and having a fun time. And that's that's the main goal of this. And with that sort of outcome, at least you're not going to disappoint yourself or at least overstress yourself of the results. So if things, for example, don't pan out or this podcast dies out in like a couple episodes, then then that's okay. Then, you know, it's an experience, a learning experience. And I'll take that with me for the next project I go into. So mm-hmm. uh, for you just named one of your personal goals. Do you have another one? Uh, get out of Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's that's already yeah, that's already in the works. Um, yeah, we've talked about this a bit uh, off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, Phoenix was just kind of a place that I ended up. <laughs> mm hmm. When you grow up in a military family, like you just kind of bounce around everywhere. And we had, um, we, I, I had lived back in Illinois after my dad got discharged up until about 20, 2009, 2010, somewhere around about there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we need like the best option at the time, at least for like cheap, but like whatever average who gives a shit suburbanite American, whatever was Arizona. But, like, I've just been stuck here since then. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, the housing market is not very forgivable at the moment. Oh, I'll tell you that. It's, <laughs> it's a hot mess. Um, oh, tell me about it. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even looking to, like, buy a house. I'm just, I'm pretty much going to be, like, a lifelong, like, renter. Unless I can get, like, a condo or something. Condo would be nice. Because I don't, I don't need a whole, like, big sprawling space with a fucking perfectly manicured lawn or like, you know, no. the, the, the Midwest Americana kind of bullshit that like I grew up with. I, I don't, I don't need it. At. It's all, it's all excessive. Just give me like a, a nice cozy apartment or condo, like in a nice walkable city. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Uh, America, a walkable they, city. They're out there. They're out there. Chicago. I, I do miss Chicago. It um, sounds a bit Chicago's expensive. Great. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, <laughs> yep. I mean, you, get, you typically get paid more out there, though. So it, it does eventually even out. It's something with, like, New York, too, or, like, Seattle. I'm, I'm mainly looking at, like, either Seattle or Chicago next, just mm-hmm. kind of depending on, you know, where life goes. I would personally recommend living somewhere just outside the city and just taking either public transit or, you know, your car to work. Because if you live in the city, then it's going to have higher, uh, higher cost of living. Just cost of living, yeah. yeah. Which that's gonna be a problem. So if you have live somewhere just outside the city, you have a bit of commute, which sometimes is also nice to have, have a little wind down 
uh, after work or you know a little wake up before you go to work that's sometimes nice to have but it will yeah. offset a, a couple of the costs it really just it really just depends on like where i am where i'm going and what i'm doing then like i have a i have a friend of mine who lives up in seattle with uh her girlfriend and they're just splitting like a two bed apartment so like one bedroom is just like their office and like gaming room the other one's their actual bedroom um they're living comfortably mm-hmm. like in the heart of seattle like they are in um i don't know if you're familiar with it but they're they're in the uh the capitol hill district i'm a european i'm not very familiar with the exact you know locations within the u.s so Pardon it's like my, right my smack in seattle okay so it's it's downtown yeah yeah uh, I think just outside of downtown, downtown, but it's like it's where all of like the uh, like all the government buildings are, right? Yeah, I mean they're they're both living there and living comfortably. So I, mean, I don't know. It's it's well, it's it's easier when you have two people, right? Yes. Like you can split the rent like by two, so that's going to be a major thing. Yeah, ideally that'll be the case, but that's uh, that's that's a. Uh, off off podcast conversation. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a third goal you got in mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of um finding a partner or a mate or you know relationships, um I have a friend of mine that got his coworker into VR chat uh, as Ooh. a um, as a fun thing to do. And he joined one of my events that I hosted, so one of Halloween events. And we all had a great time. Well, I didn't really have a great time because the fucking Halloween event was an absolute nightmare with the VR chat servers and crashes and everything. <laughs> but besides all the and all the technical difficulties, oh my god! But besides that, it was a nice experience. Uh, he really enjoyed it. So because of, I think that was his first experience of one of the first experiences of the game, which is I think one of the most important ones. If you do not have a good experience from the start, then you're just not going to return, or you're going to, you know. Think like, oh, every session is going to be this shitty, so I'm not even going to bother. If you have a good session, good first session, second session, then you're like, okay, there's something here. There's something interesting here. I might, you know, return and see what this game is all about. And what happened to him is he started going to a more darker corner of VR chat, which is things like ERP, which is erotic role-playing, and basically going into like VR chat relationships and tumbling down into some of the communities there, which a big part of VR chat, from at least from my experience, are things like the LGBTQ community and like the furry community, which have a tendency to swallow up people that are not very strong willed. And then, you know, they become part of that. So what happened to this guy is he turned into so a normal straight male turned into um, a male to female trans person. Not yet a furry, I think. Maybe that's gonna, maybe it'll happen later. Who knows? But have you noticed this phenomenon as well, where you try and introduce some people, maybe some online friends or real life friends, into VR chat specifically, and then they turn into uh, either a furry or a member of the LGBTQ community. I don't think it's a matter of like turning into anything, so to speak, right? Like, so like a lot of people get the idea, like, oh, like, oh, you know, somebody was converted to this side or whatever, right? But like, it's usually not the case. Well, just to preface, I so I don't I don't know this person, 
myself. It's just a friend knows him. Just a friend he, of a friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, friend of a friend. He assumes, of course, straight male from the conversations he had, whatever. And the and, question is, like, do you really know some of these people some of the time? Like, I used I used to be great at, like, oh, yeah, I'm a bisexual white guy from the Midwest. Because I've, I've been out as, like, bi since I was a teenager. That was it. But, like... Mm-hmm. Like as soon as as soon as my egg started to crack, um, that was, whew. yeah. But now, um, what I, what I'm gonna say is this, right? Like VR chat, and just like the internet in general, but like VR chat especially because of just how yeah, especially immersive that it gets, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I, I, like people who haven't been on VRC and haven't been on like these corners of the internet. Like, like do, you, do you don't really realize like if you already have like. Doubts. You know, maybe some questions about yourself. Yes. Like VR chat gives you the platform because you can literally just do fucking anything with Unity Engine, basically. Um, VR chat gives you a platform to kind of experiment, to kind of dabble a bit. There is a really good, there's a really good YouTube video essay, and I don't remember who did it. I'm, I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, but there's a video, really good YouTube video essay that I watched a while ago with that, that covered the topics of like gender expression in virtual reality. And because if, if you notice, like in VR chat, too, like there's a trend even on like cishet guys even of being like these really like out there and like anime girl models or out there and really like effeminate anime girl models. Excuse me. Um, and uh, you, you kind of do that, too. <laughs> Yeah, as a straight male, I, yeah, I also I use Ganyu's avatar. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a thing, and like for some people, it's just that you just like the avatar. It's it's whatever, you know. It's it's you, you're you're confident though in like yourself, and in like your own identity and like and everything else, and that's that's just you know that's just fine. You're just having fun playing around, whatever. It's it's harmless for. Queer folks like myself, like VR chat was an eye-opening experience for me when I actually like played it in VR for the first time. It, it wasn't I. Yeah, let's preface this because also for the sort of friend of friend I'm talking about, this was his also experience in VR. So he got a VR headset. I think if you are in desktop, it's not gonna affect you as much. You really have to be in VR to have the full experience. It, it yeah, it's it's on a whole different level when you're in VR. So I I had the chance to try it. I want to say a couple of years uh, before I got my own Rift S because that was what made me like that was like, OK, I need to get into this. Right. It was, it was so cool. I buddy of mine had a um, buddy of mine got a headset early adopter. Um, let me try it out. And like I tried it out in VR chat. And I was just like, oh, oh, what is this? What is this feeling? Right. Oh, you got fan to touch. Well, Phantom OK, sense. there's that. There's that. There's the whole like phantom sense of like, as far as my brain gives a shit, like my VR avatar is my body. Mine's, God, mine's frustratingly oversensitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, that that might be a thing because for me specifically, I don't have any phantom sense as far as I know. Uh, I've not gone experimenting around. Lucky you from the. <laughs> Over 2,000 hours that I've played, I completely disassociate myself from the virtual body that I have. So that might play into the fact that it doesn't affect me at all. Yeah, and some, some people get it, some people don't, and that's totally fine. 
I get it. Hella strong. And some one of my another one of my friends uh, suggested like maybe that's just because like I'm already kind of feeling dissociated from like my actual body. Because um, again, you know, being trans myself, like just dysphoria is a hell of a thing. So do you think then is VR chat a good platform to see if you have any disassociation with yourself? Maybe that's linked to. I'm not. I'm not it sure will, because it will open your eyes. Well, yeah, to definitely. a lot of things about yourself, whether yeah. it's like your own like gender identity or how you want to present yourself in terms of your gender identity, or even just like, like I. Well, yeah, if you have a clean, because that's basically it. you have a clean slate. You can start yeah. off with nothing, and then it's like, okay, you, how would yeah. you want to represent yourself in this world to other people? And but also just like you your experiences with other people too. So you brought up the the ERPing mm. and like the online relationship things because I have I have I've I've <laughs> confession I have done that too. Mm, that's not surprise what? me. Yeah. To be fair, there are not many people I've spoken online that have not done a bunch of degenerate things in the game. I'm one of the very few. I think I have one or two other people in VR chat well, that I know that's have not you know well so here's the, here's here's thing. my thing right how many people do you know that have never had a long distance relationship that have never had a long distance relationship uh a, a lot fair fair okay maybe it's just like my my circle of friends i don't know well um, if you have a lot so online people would have more long distance relationships than for example if people that i know in real life yeah I, yeah fair um because, like, most of, like, the people that I consider close friends are, like, all over the world. So, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's just, like, my, my demographic. Well, I, but well, to what, be I, fair, what I, I'll say I is do this. Know, I do know some friends or even met people in VR chat that had a long-distance relationship and then turned into a real relationship. So there's definitely yeah. cases like that, yeah. And that, that, that was one of mine up until it had to go long-distance again. Uh, basically, I was in a relationship with somebody for two years. And in that time, like VR chat was like how we stayed connected, mm -hmm. right? Because we we both again get like very immersed, and it's like it was it's 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 a great way of like closing that gap, right? It, it's I don't know, it's it's just I'm gonna start stammering like an idiot, just like going over all of these feelings again. God damn it! <laughs> well, I, I, I can give you my take on this. So yeah. I feel like if you meet someone VR chat um, and you start a relationship, uh, and usually it will be long distance because of you know different people, different countries. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to live next to next doors to each other, so there's going to be some distance between you two. I think that's a that's an okay way to meet people and you know maybe start a relationship. But what my tactic would be with that? So if I were to find someone in VR chat that uh, that I would like to start a relationship with like a real one mm -hmm. um i would probably start maybe after a couple months and you know you express your feelings for each other start actually meeting up in real life that's not always an option though but yeah, I, yeah ideally that would be the better one um, yeah exactly like i said my my previous relationship we started long distance we were able to meet up it was fucking wonderful when we did but then we had to go long distance again because of just her personal situation. Long story short, she got evicted. <laughs> what, wait, what? Uh, yeah, my my girlfriend at the time got evicted. So that was 
one, how we met up IRL, because she was living with me for a brief period. But my roommates at the time, not okay with that. So she had to find another living arrangement elsewhere. And unfortunately, that elsewhere ended up being halfway across the country again. Mm. So, yay. Great. Well, so if you are older or at least have more financial means, then these kind of things would be easier. Yeah, if you're a younger yeah. person and, like, for example, you're both still in college, then it's going to be more difficult to set up a relationship like that. Just like in real life, I would say. Yeah, pretty the much. The older you get, the uh, easier it is to manage these kind of things. But it really is, like, weirdly beautiful to be able to, like, experience that same kind of relationship while being, you know, that, that same kind of closeness, like, emotionally, while being maybe physically, you know, several thousand kilometers apart, right? I don't mm -hmm. know. It's, there's, I'm a fucking hopeless romantic, and that should just, like, oh... Just melts my gay ass heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've but seen no. it I've seen it work out like very close friends of mine, like people that I've even met in real life, where that did work out, or like these people are together, uh, or like mm -hmm. actually have a a real relationship. Um, but I've also seen plenty of examples where you know people start a relationship and it just goes down south. But yeah. I, yeah, I, I, that can happen anywhere though. Like it's not, yeah. it's not exclusive to just VR shot. Like I've had, you know, in-person relationships with people, you know, locally here, that like, it lasted less than a month, and it burned up in a dumpster fire. <laughs> well, right. in, in that case, if it's fully just in VR chat, it's easier to manage or to cope i guess oh definitely compared to if oh it's someone God, in definitely. real life or someone you know that's close to you or like at your work because that's going to be very awkward with someone in vr chat oh. you could just you know avoid each other or even go block each other if you really want to avoid one another and then it's like the other person doesn't exist because then you don't have to worry about oh hey this person knows where i fucking live and now we're on Social bad terms consequences <laughs> i don't want my house to burn down suddenly yeah, during right? the night yeah or get a knife between my eyes. God. <laughs> I've, I've just had like all over the place relationship experiences, both IRL and online. So I've I've experienced a lot of that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, that's, that is one thing that I do like about starting an online relationship first, like especially doing something like VR chat, because you really get to know the personality first before you get to know, you know what the other person looked like. You yeah. really do connect based on personality, not just on looks. Which said, I've, I feel that it's a, that's a nice thing. But of course, it can also backfire where the other person might be someone completely not your type. Or, you know, the other person might be really fat and you're not into that. And then it's like, oh, shit. That could also happen, of course. But that's with, with anything. But at least it's, yeah. it's not like a dating app where you judge someone mostly based on their appearance. Because, oh God, yeah. of course, you're using an avatar. So in that case, you have to judge someone based on their personality. And I think that is that is a nice approach, at least, to start out with. It's it's healthier than, like, Tinder or Grindr by yeah. a fucking mile, I will say. Because I, I did a fair bit of both of those. Mm -hmm. Mostly Grindr, but... Yeah, no, like, people, people don't know that kind of shit. Like, it's so shallow. It's so shallow. Well, the, the initial, yeah, rating a person or getting to know a person, yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah. But of course, from that, you can still have a good relationship if you actually meet up in real life when you start dating. 
some, and again, just like VR, VRC and just like online dating channel, some people can do it. Mm-hmm. Like my experience with that was just like, I had a few hookups and then felt like fucking shit afterwards. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's, 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 everything is like a, your mileage may vary yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like your, your experiences on VR chat online on you know, any of this, it's all, it's all going to be like uniquely yours. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all going to be anecdotal. Yeah. Yeah. Backtracking a bit to like VR chat, you know, your experiences like dating with like, you know, the ERP stuff again. Cause like I said, I've done a bit of that too. I shit. I got to try like my first, uh, experience with, uh, a polyamorous relationship through VRC actually. I that have was seen that happen as well with some friends. Yes. Yeah. It didn't end well, but that was a good, honestly, like that was good for me. Cause like, Hey, now I know where my boundary is. I just can't, I just can't fucking do that. Cause of, uh, like old trauma from another, another ex of mine from like years ago. Mm-hmm. Like even, even if something like on the surface doesn't seem like it works out, if you're able to, I guess, get more out of it. Right. You learn something about yourself. You, you, you figure out like, Hey, here's how I want to express myself. Here's how I want to just be. Here's, you know, maybe some boundaries that I didn't know that I had, or maybe some unresolved trauma that I should definitely, definitely talk to a therapist about. And then you end up talking with people in VR chat about your traumas. It's basically, no, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a testing know. ground for your personality or for your persona, yeah. for your person. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's you are you we're given the tools as VR chatters and the tools have evolved a lot since I started. I want to throw that out there, too. I've because I tried to I tried to jump ship after the whole EAC thing because my my setup was broken for months because of that. Mm-hmm. I ended up figuring out it was a really dumb issue with something that I set forever ago that apparently doesn't always break. I don't know. Anyways, that's a whole tangent. Again, you're you're probably gonna there's gonna be some self discovery along the way. Yep, there usually is for most people. From you know my experience, yeah, and, also from my experience, yeah. And if you can get something positive out of that, go for it. It's mm-hmm. worth a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's um, worth a shot, but disclaimer: please be careful as well, because you may. May or may not like the end result that will happen because of this game. I've seen it happen as well. I've seen some friends and then they turn into something that they despised when they, you know, started out. Yeah, don't don't drink in VR. <laughs> well, not well, not only talking about that. That that's a whole other aspect, man. That's a whole other top. Oh, man, the old drinking scene. Yeah, not, let's not go into that. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say if you are a stable-minded person, then I feel like you will have a nice time just meeting people, connecting, uh, socializing, seeing a lot of cool stuff. If you are not that stable mentally or you know not really sure about your own personality or sexuality, then it could be a good testing ground. Because like I said, if something goes wrong there, like you, know, you have a relationship in there in, in VR chat and it doesn't work out, it's better to happen in there than in real life because in real life it has social consequences. And in this case, because it's online, it doesn't have that, or at least not as much. So it's a more safe space, safe environment to test those kind of things. Do, do you agree? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Your mileage and your experiences may vary. 
uh, it is not for everybody. Oh, and I will say that. I would not bring like my family on during Christmas. Well, actually, I might. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good content idea. Hey. <laughs> The, that's, that's the not... Scope Family VR Chat Special. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you say that. I have brought family on the VR Chat before, but like I will, and also real life friends, I will very much narrate, or not narrate, uh, what's it called? Control the situation that they are going to be exposed to. So I'll just make a private, like invite only instance, or like a friends plus, or no, not friends plus, like a friends. Um, and if I see something that's going to be a bit iffy or someone joins it, I'm like, oh, that's probably not the best influence or the best person to talk to right now, then uh, I will try and control the situation. So I will heavily I'll curate, that was the word, I'll heavily curate the experience if I will bring people in VR chat because I don't want them to, you know, step down the rabbit hole or think that this is a very weird place where, you know, very weird random shit is happening all the time. I will say too, kind of branching off of that, um, mm -hmm. public worlds are very much hit or miss. I mean, it's just like, you know, like it's being on just like a regular like forum or anything, right? Like you're going to get fucking all kinds of people for better or worse. Unfortunately, a lot of which have just ended up on my block list, but whatever, they fucked around, they found out. I will say my like personal favorite experiences in VR chat have always been like the smaller, like friends, friends only kind of things or invite only kind of hangouts. Um, Cause they're all, it's, it's always just so it's, it's comfy. It's a vibe, you know, it's just, just like a small group of people, you know, yeah, maybe like, you only know like one or two people in the whole thing when you get in there. But by the end of the night, like you've made like 10 more friends, who knows? It's always, it's always been super comfy for me to do those. Yeah, it's like an uh, like an open house party. Everyone can join, yeah. and you know, it's just first two like two three people, and then eventually more people join, and then you're all having a good time. I, it just happened again last night, actually. Um, one of my one of my old friends that I used to play like Minecraft with back in the day, um, hosted a little like friends plus kind of lobby, and we we're just yeah, we we're just chilling, having a good time. Mm -hmm. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, but keep in mind that if you are new to the game, then you're going to have to find your way into some of these communities. So that's going to give it some time, I would say, and see if you can find this may the people be a shameless you plug. Yeah. This may be a shameless, oh shameless plug. And it's not go. for mine. It's not for mine. Okay. Like I said, my my streaming shit's on hiatus, whatever. Um, but uh, another another friend of mine, can I can I name drop somebody? Yeah, sure. Um, another friend of mine, her name is uh, Fire Bun Bun, or that's that's the handle that she uses on everything, I should say. She's been doing this thing where I think it's like bi-weekly or monthly like VR chat meetups for her, you know, viewer base and like streaming community. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to those, too, just because, again, I love I love that girl. She's great. She's absolute bestie. And like, yeah, like same thing. Like that's a, that's going to be a good way to just like meet a lot of people who are also, again, like in that. In that more controlled, like friends plus type environment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's a vibe. A more curated. I recommend it. Yeah. I recommend. Some VTubers do this. Some some don't. It kind of depends. If we if we're plugging anyhow, you could also join one of my events when I'm holding them, which is like not very often. But when I do, oh, they are yes, uh, an experience 
to behold because we never fucking know what's going to happen. <laughs> because I have a bunch of challenges, basically, a bunch of like world scavenge hunts where you have to go, you have an objective as a team. You name your team, mm -hmm. you go into a public world, you find someone, or you go to a a specific world and you find an item and you have to take a photo or you have to convince other people, like strangers, to do something for you for the challenge uh, or something in real life even that you have to do. It's, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's very interesting. I'm trying to you know perfect the craft of uh, these kind of events, but they always turn out very uh, very surprising. At least everyone is having fun, you know, at the end of the day. So that's that's yeah. my goal. But those more curated events, curated meetups, I think that's a very good spot to uh, to begin. So, or if you know a friend that is into the game, you could be like, hey, can I like tag along for like a day or two, or you know, to get to know some people. I think that would be the best environment to get to know the game before you, you know, hop in ice cold into the deep deep end of random worlds. Because, uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to be very hit or miss. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that's a, a good way to end it on. I think we've talked about a lot of things, a lot of introductions, tangents, kind of went all <laughs> over the place, like like always. It's fine, it's fine. I only got one of the topics that I have written down, which is fine because I can just jump. Mm, part two, maybe? Maybe, yeah, in the future. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, I would like to thank you, Kanan, for joining the podcast. I hope you had a lot of fun. Do you have some... Uh, thank you for having me. Do you have some other small notes at the end of the podcast? Some little takeaways? Something you want to say to the listeners? Mm, take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Be kind to each other. Yes. And stay floofy. <laughs> and I would like to thank the listener for sticking around and hope to see you in the next episode. Until then, peace out.